Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is JC, your usual host. You know, it's uh, the day after Thanksgiving, actually a couple days after Thanksgiving. Today's Saturday, November 26th. I uh, hope all of you that are listening had a really great Thanksgiving and really got your fill today, and uh, not today, but Thursday, and got to enjoy family and friends. I had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, talked to some of the board members um, since then, and yeah, everybody seemed to have had a really, really good Thanksgiving. You know, I wanted to do a quick episode this weekend, just something short, uh, as we're getting ready to go into December. And I've had a you know some folks ask a couple of questions about Operation Helping Hand and things like that. So I wanted to bring that topic up. But there's something really interesting. You know, we're history buffs here at Appalachian Shine. You're at the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. One of the things that we have never talked about on this podcast, ironically, it's called Appalachian Shine. We have never talked about moonshine or whiskey. But let's take a couple of minutes to talk about that. Um, it was a, I had heard this story long, long ago about one of the about the smallest town in the history of Tennessee, and um, I decided, you know what, let's let's talk a little bit about this because the topic came up again. Uh, on another show, and I heard about it, and it reminded me of one of the most fun stories uh, in local history here, Appalachian history, that I can remember ever hearing, and it is all about whiskey. Now, those of you who are familiar with East Tennessee probably know where Anderson County is, and uh, there's a little place in Anderson County that actually became the smallest incorporated town in I think all of Tennessee. Uh, and if you've been to a little area called Coal Creek, then you've driven right through it. Okay. Now, this was uh, maybe 125 years ago, something like that. When the coal boom started happening in central Appalachia, there's a lot of people that flocked to little areas and towns, just little boom towns, popped up all over the place. And one of those was Coal Creek. And, um, there's uh it's it's actually a beautiful little area if you've been through there. But there was another place that um, became incorporated just literally right outside of Coal Creek, and it was called Lovely City. Now it's not because the place is spectacularly beautiful, even though I love that area. Uh, it's actually named after the guy who owned the land by the name of George W. Lovely, and he owned the land and he owned a mill on that property as well. Now, what George Lovely wanted to do, uh, because the coal town was popping up, and they had, um, uh, you know, this uh, 
towns that the saloons would pop up, bars and saloons. And George Lovely thought, hey, I'm going to distill some whiskey and sell it here. But to do that, he had to go to the government and get a permit. No problem, right? So he makes a petition to the government, the local government there, to get a permit, and he's denied. Right? So, and the only way that he's going to be able to make whiskey is to be able to, it has to be in a, a has an area with a government charter and permission from the government to do so. So now he's denied. And on top of that, he's like, where he wants to do it is just outside of the, 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 the area that is like incorporated. All right. So what does he do? Ah, he doesn't give up. He gathers around with a few neighbors. I think there's probably, I think I read 17 uh, of, of the, the people that could, you know, lived in the area uh, near him. And he applied for, and he got from the state of Tennessee, a charter of incorporation for a town to be named Lovely City. And with that, he was the government. So those folks that were on that property in Lovely City, they gave themselves a, 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 a permission to do the distillery. So now they're in an incorporated area. So at that point, they get the United States, what was called United States Registered Distillery Number 200 in the 2nd District of Tennessee. And now they were in business. It's kind of a cool way to get around that. But if you drive through there now, you'll, there's no mill. There's no town to see. Um, it was there at the turn of the century, but, you know, things change over the years. The city's gone. Um, you know, but if things hadn't happened the way it did, that city would probably still be there. Who knows? Um, here's kind of the story of what happened. Uh, roundabout sort of way. Um, so they were looking uh, to do this. So they petitioned the, uh, for a town charter and they filed it at the Chancery Court held in Anderson County. And this was in June of 1897. A good long while ago. And they uh, they applied it with the following citizens. And I've got a list of the people who applied for it too. You actually found this online. It was G.W. Lovely, David Lovely, J.A. Cornwell, Cornelius Hatmaker, J.A. Maples, T.J. Morgan, W.H. Hat, uh, Hatmaker, J.R. Webb, M.B. Hogan, Bud McGee, uh, William Greer Sr., and C.M. Liner. I don't think that's the entire list, um, but you can find... Some of these you just listed online. Anyway, a referendum was held. Uh, there were 17 qualified voters. So there's a number of 17 people in this township, basically, this new town. They cast their vote unanimously for uh, the corporation. Charter was uh, signed by the Tennessee Secretary of State in June of 1897, later that month. And uh, George W. Lovely was elected mayor of the town. There was only one ward with him, two aldermen, and uh, a constable. And uh, one person was uh, held as recorder. So anyway, this guy, Lovely, he actually came to Tennessee from by way of Pennsylvania when he was in the tannery business. 
Um, but it's not really known why he began running the distillery. But the interesting thing was on his property, there was a lot of um, uh, mountain water running out of the limestone, which was perfect for him. So he actually had that water run to the, uh, the area where they were doing the distilling because it was pooling up. So it was, it was very plentiful. Of course, all the forest around, he had all the firewood he needed to keep going. Um, and at the, at, at his peak, I guess at, I read that they were able to uh, distill about 33 gallons a day. And this particular distillery was the only government distillery ever operated in Anderson County. So they ground the corn, uh, at the mill, uh, but said that custom grinding always came first. He had a couple of helpers there that ran the still. His son, John, helped out. Um, he later ended up joining the Army uh, um He decided to join the army, I guess, and made that his career. Uh, so anyway, they they used to, yeah, I guess, uh, animals to like, I guess, haul the wood back and forth, keep the steel going. So anyway, a federal inspector was at the steel when it was in operation, and he, you know, collected the tax and labeled the wood barrels for shipping and all that. So Lovely was man uh, managed to make a lot of contacts in Louisville and Cincinnati, and they decided they were going to ship many barrels by train to those two cities, you know, where it was aged and, and then later bottled and labeled. And they shipped it out under the name of Log Cabin Whiskey. And uh, they distilled it to the, I think it was like a 110 or to 115 proof. Um, but once they got to the rail yards, uh, Louisville and Cincinnati, uh, they had a, uh, a place where they had to actually cut that down to 100 proof. So anyway, it was a really interesting story. Um, the town itself actually had a little schoolhouse, a post office, a saloon, um, and a caboose, and uh, all that was inside the corporate limits. And some houses, a handful of houses where people lived in. Um, but there were other, obviously, houses nearby because it was so uh, close to uh, Coal Creek. But, uh, yeah, they actually used to sell it um, wholesale at uh, $1.40 to $1.50 a gallon. And uh, even locally there, they actually uh, managed to, I think it was like 10 cents a shot at the, at the local saloons there in uh, Coal Creek. Uh, really interesting. But anyway, one of the reasons, the reason actually it, it all came to an end, uh, there was prohibition that came in, obviously. But... Um, there was a legislative act that actually made it necessary that a town must have a population of 1,000 people before it could be incorporated. There was nowhere near that number of people in Lovely City, uh, so they couldn't maintain their incorporation, um, even though they were a city before that act was passed. So some people argue it could still be an incorporated town, but when the law changed, the city just sort of dwindled and went away. But that was really, really, I thought, one of the most fun stories I've heard locally about Lovely City, Tennessee, right in Anderson County. So if you haven't heard of that, uh, as you get together with friends and family for Christmas, you want to tell some tales out of school, tell some local stories, that's a really fun piece of history.
of local history. Hey, and back to the uh, Operation Helping Hand. I did get a couple of questions from some folks about, are we still raising money and items for Operation Helping Hand? Uh, we had just delivered, uh, just a handful of weeks ago, a lot in donated clothes for uh, women, specifically, and teenage girls, uh, as well as some supplies we were able to buy from uh, monetary donations uh, for this. And we delivered that uh, for use for the homeless in the area. So are we still taking donations for that? Absolutely. We're going to be open to that all year round. Uh, however, we're going to be making our next delivery in March. And one of the things we're going to focus on is maybe like canned foods or, or uh, foods that will last for a while that we can deliver. Uh, that, that was another a uh, area of need for a lot of people. However, we'll still take the clothing donations. So if, you really, if you're wanting to make a clothing donation or a monetary donation, yes, absolutely. Uh, please hang on to your clothes. Make sure you contact us and let us know that you have some things to donate. And uh, we will um, we'll work to get together with you and get those items and uh, keep those for when we deliver them uh, next to the uh, Crisis Services Center. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It was really good to be able to help those folks and and um, and pay that forward. So we, we really are appreciative of all of you who have been supportive of our mission. Also, uh, we're going to be sending out our uh, the first newsletter of the year because we haven't done one really since COVID hit because... Not a lot's gone on, but we're going to work on doing uh, short little updates in, uh, in PDF newsletter format and email that out. So if you'd like to be on that list, uh, just go to our website, supportappalachia.org. There's a contact us link there. You can put your information in there. We do not sell emails or share emails with anybody else. That is all just for us, uh, between you and I. And uh, we, we, don't, uh, we don't spam those boxes. We, we send out I, I mean, I wouldn't even say on average one a month, one email a month, maybe two if we have a couple of podcasts and just really want to let you know um, about a particular show or something. So, um, yes, go, go to supportappalachia.org. Also, we're at the near the end of the year, and a lot of nonprofits, this is a time when a lot of nonprofits are really needing to bolster you know, their bank accounts going into the new year, and, and they really need donations. So you're getting a, you know, you see that a lot at Christmas time and through the holidays. Uh, we're no different than any other organization. Yes, we do, uh, we do um, depend on your generosity uh, as to how much and what we can do in the region. And we have so many projects that we want to be able to do, and they do cost money. So, um, you know, we have... We have a little meter on our website. I haven't really updated it as to what we would have as a fundraising goal. If you're a small business or an individual and you need a tax deduction, we are a 501c3. So donations are, can be deductible to us. So if, if you need something like that, um, by all means, please uh, consider us and, um, and go to supportappalachia.org. And you can make a donation there online. Uh, using your debit or credit card. Also, if you'd rather just do like old-fashioned way and write a check, uh, you can certainly do that. And uh, you can make the check payable to the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. You can mail that to P.O. Box 397 in Richlands, Virginia. The zip code is 24641. Um, we certainly appreciate you know everything uh, and all the donations we get. Uh, keeps us up and running and functioning. As far as us on the board and the officers, 
None of us take any money. We are all volunteer. So what you donate actually goes to keep this organization running, covering some overhead expenses, but the vast majority of it goes to whatever programs that we're there to support, um, that, we, that we have the financial ability to do, and able to pay it forward. So we were able to pay it forward some this year. We, we certainly appreciate that with uh, Operation Helping Hand and being able to uh, support um, the uh, local uh, county sheriff's uh, office that we're looking for donations for um, drug prevention and education, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we certainly appreciate every, everything that you guys can do. All of you within Earshot, um, I know inflation is tough. Uh, this is not really the easiest holiday um, with the way the economy kind of has been going. But, um, you know, five bucks goes a long way. If everyone that listened uh, donated, went to online and donated $5, or if you see me out and want to make a donation, um, certainly let me know. I usually have one of those uh, little square cards that I can, just, I can take a debit card or credit card right there. Um, so uh, just definitely let us know. We could probably use, it would be nice if we got a, you know, toward the end of the year, a, an additional thousand or two in donations uh, to, uh, you know, to keep going. We are going to be filing in the new year in West Virginia. So we're going to register our nonprofit there too. So we can expand our reach uh, a little bit further. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as those programs, we do have a, uh, a sort of a, I, I won't say a business plan, but an ad hoc um, document that shows the programs that we want to operate in our communities here and how much in donations we would look for each one. So if that's something you'd be interested in taking a look at, uh, you can email me directly at jc at supportappalachia.org, and I can send that out to you. And that way you can kind of be familiar with some of the programs that our board has approved of, uh, but yet we're still looking for uh, fundraising for it. Some of these programs are very much needed and uh, and, and would be incredibly helpful, not just uh, here in southwest Virginia, but eastern Kentucky as well, uh, that are kind of more directly targeted. So thanks, everyone, again, uh, for listening to this episode of Appalachian Shine. Don't forget to check us out on uh, Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia. And actually, you can find us on uh, Twitter, uh, no, not Twitter, but um, YouTube as well. We're going to be uh, doing some, uh, hopefully be do some small videos and update some things there. We, we do like to put a video or two up there, uh, even if it's just a, a Zoom interview uh, with somebody that we may use for the podcast. So uh, be sure and check us out there. We post those links up on our Facebook page as well. Thanks again, everyone. I'm glad. uh, Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we will be back soon. We'll see you on down the road.